Hey friends, thanks so much for tuning into the Inner Revolution podcast. Are you ready to be changed? Well, let's go. So, we talk about Romans chapter 15 today. And that's the best one of the best four-letter words in the Bible is hope. Isn't that good? Hope. Hope is very important. Usually when a society loses hope, um, things deteriorate very quickly. Uh, when we lose hope, our infrastructure, our thinking, um, just the way that we make decisions can become very desperate. And we can make rash decisions because we lack this very important ingredient called hope. And uh, hope is so much more than things just happening our way. But really, hope is a belief system. It's really an expectation. It's an affirmation. It's a confidence that God will be God, right? That God is in control. And in Psalm 46.10, that we need to be still and know that he is God. Isn't that true? How many, how many can say that that's a good exercise every day, many times a day? Be still and know that I am God. So I want you to look at this in uh, Romans chapter 15. And I think more importantly than ever, where there's so much information and so much bad news seems to be um, so prevalent, um, we need to have roots in hope, knowing that, that God's will will be done, that God is God and He will do. In Isaiah 55, 8 and 10, His will will prevail. Isn't that good? And so we're just, we're, we don't, we're not spectators, hopefully, but we're participators in just saying, Lord, today we have hope because you're on the throne. Isn't that a good thing to say, Lord, you're on the throne? The only time that there would be no hope is if God left His throne, <clears throat> and I don't think that's going to happen. Amen? So no matter how uh, strong falsehood or evil looks, it is still, it is still false. It is still something less than. Uh, and no matter how weak truth looks, it is still true. Amen? doesn't take much. doesn't take much. Uh, the world is all about majority, right? But, but we, can have, we, can be a, we can be a minority maybe in one sense our size or our population, but we're a majority with God. There are more with us than there are with Him, with them, right? I think of that beautiful passage about the, the, the I think it was Elisha looking out over and seeing the, the armies of the enemy and his armor bearer, I think it was First Kings 19, who was just very nervous. And the prayer was, Lord, open the eyes of my servant. And when he did, right, I love this story, he saw the, the chariots of fire, he saw the angel, angelic host, um, and he had hope. He had hope, right? The shout of a king is among us in Numbers chapter 23. We have hope because we know that greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. We have hope not walking by sight, but we have hope by walking in faith, right? We don't have hope based on our, on our 
conclusions, we have hope based on the promises of God never failing, right? 1 Kings 8.56. We have a eternal confidence. We have a substance of things hoped for. There's substance. Hope is a substance. So I just want to encourage our hearts today about hope because hope really changes the way we think. It changes the way that we talk. It changes the way that we even feel, actually. It, 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 it addresses our body physiologically. And um, it's, not just, uh, it's not just wishful thinking, but it's having our faith in the right thing, in the right person, right? So look at this in, Jer- in Romans 15. 13, now may the God of all hope fill you with all joy. Where does joy come from? comes from hope. And peace in believing. That's a key statement. Peace in believing. That's one of the greatest definitions of hope right there. We have peace based in Philippians 4, 6, Hebrews chapter 3, based on my belief, my decision to agree with God. We have hope. We have peace in believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. So sometimes what can happen is we can, the evidence of things, the bad news or the the difficulty or the tragedy can steal our hope, and then all of a sudden we can have despair. Why does someone take their life? That's a horrible action, but why do they do it? Oftentimes, it's because they lose hope. They lose their sense of bearing. They lose their sense of worth. They lose or they embrace the lie, and hope is lost. That's one thing I think as we near the rapture, we must guard our hope. We must guard our expectation. We must guard who we have our faith in. We don't have our faith today in our riches, in our government, in our best guess, even in our own ability. We will lose hope in Isaiah chapter 40, right? The young men will faint, right? They will falter, right? But those that wait on the Lord will what? Be renewed in hope, right? Their strength will be renewed. So, so as we think about God filling us with hope today, this is why we come to church. This is why we open our Bible. This is why we pray with our, our, our neighbor. We are encouraged. We keep our perspective. And I want to show you something here in Psalm 142. Perspective, perspective. Sometimes we can be hard on ourselves, losing perspective, thinking that, you know, uh, you know, basing our, our actions on standards or, or behavior, and we can lose hope, right? We can get disappointed, right? By the way, if we're disappointed, it just shows that we had our hope in the wrong place, right? It's true, isn't it? Will people fail you? They will. Even the best intended people, they will fail you. But our hope, expectation focus, perspective, faith is in God, who will never fail you, never forsake you, never lie to you, never reject you. That's amazing. That's amazing, isn't it? 
It's amazing. Where's our hope today? Psalm 121, I looked unto the hills. I looked from where my help and my hope come from. It came from above, right? Where is it? It's from above. If I don't look above, I'm not going to have hope. If I'm not Colossians 3.3, if I'm not thinking and setting my affections on the Lord, I will not have hope. But I want to I provoke us today to be filled with hope, which means we will be filled with joy and have peace in believing. That fifth, that's an amazing verse, 1513. That's a great verse, isn't it? Peace in believing. So when the leather comes off the football, right, and it's coming off, the leather's coming off the football, right, we have hope in God. Isn't that good that we're winners, right? We're winners. So good. All right. This is uh, David lost hope in 142.4. He looked on his right hand and, his la- and, and to see, and there was no one who knew me. This is interesting. No one acknowledged me. This, these are three things that the church uh, answers, these three things. Number one, he said, no one acknowledged me. Refuge had failed me. And nobody cared for my soul. Okay, these are three things we were talking about in class. That the church, by the grace of God, in lifting up the message and person of Christ, answer these three needs. And these three needs, when they're met, there's hope. All right? To be known. Like, not projecting something that we're not, not trying to fake it till we make it, but people really know you. Right? One of the greatest lies, if people really know me, they'd want nothing to do with me. Not, not in the economy of grace, not in the economy of God. God says, I know everything about you. In 139, it says of Psalms, I know even your thought afar off, and I love you. Isn't that amazing? God says, I know you. You know, I know you. I know the depth of you, your past. Oh, wait a minute. Don't go back there. God says, I know your past, and it's under the blood of Jesus Christ. My present. Well, I'm trying to hide my present. Well, God says, you are accepted in the beloved. What about my, what about my future? There's fear about my future, you know, and God says, you can have hope, hope, hope in God. I love this. Number two, refuge fails me. Like spiritually, he was homeless. He was, he was spiritually homeless. Like, he came from underneath the covering, and he had lost hope. He had lost his way, lost his identity, lost his perspective, lost his joy, lost the, the precious promises of God. And God says, you're going to find hope in my word. You're going to find hope in my, with my people. You're going to find hope in truth. Nobody cares for my soul. This is, this is why uh, we need shepherds today. Yes, preachers, but, but more shepherds, people that in Psalm 23, 1 can shepherd people in the grace and mercy of God. What a gr- These are three beautiful fruits of a church, amen? All right, let me show you a couple of the verses here. Isaiah 55, 55. Hope, we have so much hope today, right? So much hope. We can follow the plan of a God who loves us. This is a great song lyric I've been thinking about. We can follow the God 
we can follow the plan of a God who loves us. Isn't that amazing? We have hope. Imagine a travel guide leading you in some excursion, some safari, and his plan is to get you lost and to leave you there, right? That wouldn't be good, right? <laughs> there you are in the middle of the jungle or something, and all of a sudden it's like, where's the guide, right? That would, that, you know, we'd lose hope, right? We'd, we're trusting that the, the pilot in the airplane is actually going to know where he's flying to, right? And knows what he's doing, right? We have hope in that experience and the training of that pilot that we're not going to end up in some, uh, in Timbuktu, right? Same thing with the guide. We have hope in God that we're being, we're, we have hope in the, in the plan of God because of his love. It's amazing, isn't it? God is going to lead you because of love. All right, I've been thinking about this verse. Uh, look at this in Isaiah chapter 55, verse 2 and 3. Hope. Amen. I don't know. I love this word. Lord, I need hope today. I need a fresh revelation that uh, we are God's people with God's uh, direction in God's way, and the results will be the Lord. Hope for Bible college. Hope for the marriage. Hope for the relationship. Hope for the personal life. Hope for victory. It's amazing. So it's why do you spend money uh, for what is not bread and your wages for what does not satisfy. This is right out of Haggai chapter 1 as well. Listen carefully to me and eat what is good and let your soul delight itself in abundance. Incline your ear and come to me. Hear and your soul shall live. Isn't that good? Hear and your soul shall live. Do you know when you lose hope, when we take our eye off the ball, just like playing baseball, right? When you take your eye off the poo, the eye off the ball, what happens? What happens? Sue, what happens? Goes right by you. Strike, right? Same thing playing basketball, right? The ball, what are you looking at? Are you looking at the ball or are you looking at the hoop? What are you looking at? The hoop right? Your eyes are going to go where, the, where your, the ball will go where your eyes are at. Same thing here. Hear and your soul shall live. Like, this is why we gather more often. This is why we open our Bible. This is why we are seeking the Lord like never before. Why? Because God is building in us hope to share with others that have lost their hope. God is giving it not for us to hope be spiritual hoarders unto our own selves, but to give to other people. Somebody might say, oh, this, this, and this, and they'll know the political or the economical landscape more than the, the, than the, than the principles of the Bible. And what will happen? They will lose hope. And we will say, no, this will be our finest hour because we're walking in the perfect will of God, right? This is God's way, and we are prepared to walk in these days before, the, as we near the rapture. Why? Because we have the God of all hope in our life, right? Let's say somebody has bad news, a physical problem, and they, they lose hope because all they can think about is their terminal illness. Well, we can think about the terminal illness, and yes, that's sobering, and yes, that's bad news, but 
we can have hope in the middle of it, knowing that God is working in something eternal. God is working in something deep that we never had before. I'll never forget a lady saying this to me, uh, you know, who had cancer. She goes, I have cancer, but cancer doesn't have me. And I'll never forget that. <clears throat> I said, that's a woman that has hope. It's a bad situation, right? But God is still the God of that situation. Why? There's hope. There's hope. There's hope. We must see God in our situations. Otherwise, we will lose hope, right? And that God will have the final say. I love that. God will have the final say. He really will. Okay. Here in your social live, I'm going to move around the Bible for a few more minutes. You good? You good? You all right? Romans 12, 12. Look at this. This is good. Hope. Maybe we lose hope for a family member and we say, oh, man, you know what? They are way out there, right? But who's God in the matter? Is, am I going to control God in this matter? No, I'm going to pray and God will be God. And God loves that family member more than I do. God loves that person more than I do. So I have hope in God that he will orchestrate the right situation to draw people back into fellowship with him. We have hope. Do I have hope that the situation is going to go my way or that things are going to be reconciled or, or things will turn out right? Oh, I want that. But maybe they won't, they won't be like that. God says, I have something better in Ephesians 3.20. Let's turn to Ephesians 3.20. Okay, 12.12. Let's read it first. 12.12. It says this. It says, Rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation, continuing steadfastly in prayer. That's good, isn't it? Rejoicing in hope. Say, today you have nothing to rejoice in. I'm trying to teach my son things to be thankful for. I'm like, okay, Carson, at the end of the day today, what was, what was something that you uh, can be thankful for? And uh, that's an exercise. <laughs> you know, that's an exercise, and he's doing great with that. But rejoicing in hope, this is a very, very good exercise. Okay, Ephesians 3.20, just to provoke us today. Be filled with hope. Sometimes it takes looking away from something that's stealing my hope and looking to something that's going to build my hope. Okay? I got to look away from the thing that's stealing me blind, and I have to look unto God of all hope. I must rejoice. If, it's, it's so important, the lie, fear, anxiety, all of these raging emotions want to steal the precious sacredness of hope. 320, now to him, not to me, now to him. Isn't that good? Who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all things we can ask or even think. What's your greatest imagination today? What's your greatest thought? If you could not fail, if you could not fail, what would be your greatest thought today? God says, I'm going to go super and above that if that's my will. That is very hopeful. You know, we, we talk about Pastor Dan Sergioni. That is an absolute miracle of God. He's going home on Thursday, I believe. That is hoping against hope, right? It's like, I hope so. No, no, it isn't like, it isn't like 
50-50 here. It's like, God, my trust is only in you. And that's a, an absolute miracle that he is going home, rejoicing in hope. What can we rejoice in today? Our sins are forgiven. Amen? Hallelujah. Right? What's another thing we can rejoice in today? God will never leave us nor forsake us. Amen? God, he'll, he'll supply our needs according to his riches and glory, 419 of Philippians. If we have it, that means we're supposed to have it, right? <laughs> What's another thing we can be hopeful in today? Shout it out. Erhan, we were building you up. Pastor Roger and I were building you up yesterday. Were your ears burning? That's an idiom of speech. What do we hope in today? We have hope like men like Erhan and Emmanuel are in the Bible college, and they're going to be future men that turn the world upside down, right? What's something we can hope in? Joanne. Okay. Amen. That's a big one, the rapture, right? God is going to take us out of here at the, <laughs> at the 11th hour. That's amazing. What an incredible conversation to have with a believer. How many people know about the rapture in 1 Thessalonians 4, 16 through 18? How many people know that they're not going to incur the wrath of God? How many people know that God looks at us and he loves us with an everlasting love? And not only does he love us, he celebrates us in Jude 24. What's another thing we can hope in? Come on now. Shout it out. Tom. Hope in you? Oh. What's something we hope in, Kim? Eternal life. We're going to live forever, not here, thank God, right? This is a foreshadowing of things to come. All right, Hebrews 10.23, look at this together. Hope against hope. It's going to be better than we think. <laughs> I mean, sometimes we can kind of think like, okay, Lord, I'm going to shoot way up here, and if it lands anywhere, it's going to be okay. And God's like, like I want above and beyond, like, to go beyond what we can ask or even think. That's a powerful statement. What are we asking today? Psalm 2.8, we're asking for the heathen for our inheritance. That's what we're asking for. God says, you want that? You want me to expand your heart with people? I will do that. I'll give you hope that I can change the addicted life. I can change the, the person held hostage. I can change the depressed person. I can do that. I am God. Thinking of a brother in Atlanta, we've said this before, got healed of, um, was it methadone? Or yeah, methadone, 17 years. Got saved and healed in the same minute. There's hope. There's hope. God may not do it always the same way at the same, you know, always. God, God has a journey for us so that we're patient in tribulation. But ultimately, we have an eternal hope. All right, 10.23. Are you feeling hopeful today? All right, 10.23, I love this. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope. 
That's big. Let us draw near with a true heart, full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled with an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. For he who promised is faithful. Faithful. God, you are full of faith. And he's interested in the little things, by the way, right? He's interested in the insignificant things like, oh, I'm not going to pray that, uh, whatever, like my dog gets healthy or whatever, whatever kind of funny request. Uh, maybe maybe some, that's not a funny request. I mean, pets are like family, but just maybe something like, I don't want to bother God with it. God's like, I'm full of faith. I, I want you to come to me. I want to fill you with hope that I am faithful. I am faithful to finish the work in you that I have begun in Philippians 1, 6. Have hope in me, right? We can get disappointed with ourselves, and God says, your hope's in the wrong place. God says, look to me. I'm the author and finisher of your faith. Have hope in me. Isn't that good? 1 Thessalonians 5, 24. I will complete that which I have started. I have hope today. I have hope today. Turn on CNN, I lose hope. Turn on Fox News, lose hope. Turn on whatever, I lose hope maybe. You know, the devil wants, my hope is not for sale. My hope is not for sale. I'm not going to let the, the sin, the, the accusation of the devil steal our hope. We're going to speak hope. We're going to hold fast to the confession of our hope, which is literally... Uh, pointing to the confession of our faith, the creed of our faith. All right, last verse. This is good. The devil doesn't like to listen to somebody full of hope. And when we lose our hope, which we do, sometimes we get discouraged. Satan wants to, remember, Satan is always trying to devalue what is precious, always wants to devalue it. I was sharing this recently, like maybe you have a favorite watch. You paid 150 bucks for a watch, and you love this watch, right? You go to the pawn shop. Right? And you're like, hey, I want, you know, I need some cash. And you give him their watch. And he says, that guy says, that's a nice watch. I'll give you 30 bucks for it. 30 bucks? I paid 150 bucks for that watch. And, and you start to go into the whole story and you know, the sentimental value and your need. And the guy's like, I'll give you 30 bucks. It's like, that's what the devil does. He is constantly devaluing uh, what God has said. What God said is his precious, right? And hopefully, if we're wise, we'll leave that pawn shop, right? And go work for maybe Steve Capello. <laughs> Make 30 bucks or 150 bucks. I don't know. Anyway. All right. Hebrews 10. Uh, what did I say here? What was the last verse I said? Yes. There was one other verse I was going to share. Maybe. Oh, Hebrews 11.1. 1. Yes. Okay. So we have a confession of hope. We have rejoicing in hope. We are filled with hope, which gives us joy. Now, I'm not saying we have to be like a clown or something like that. I'm not talking like that. But our attitude can be uplifted, 3-3 three, three of Psalms, because we're looking in the face of hope. Like God says, fear not, little flock. I have overcome the world. Like we have to look away and look up, especially in these days. Otherwise, we're going to be, we're going to have so many excuses We'll have so many reasons why not to do the will of God, and we're going to be, we're going to be, we're going to shrink back 
like saran wrap, like Proverbs 24.10. We're going to shrink. God is saying, when you're full of hope, you'll be like a balloon, right? The balloon that expands, and God starts to move you, right? Move you in the spirit of hope. All right, now faith is the substance of things what? And I love this word, substance. It means the confidence. We have confidence in hope, our thinking, our way of, of decision-making. Like, we don't make decisions based on money. We make decisions based on the will of God, right? And then God gives us the money, right? That's a good, that's a good principle, isn't it? Like God says, you know, if I said it, believe it, that settles it. Don't let, don't let just natural things be the, 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 the guidance system. Let hope, hope, hope in me. Let hope in me be your strategy. Uh, well, actually, hope is not a strategy. Let it be your guiding, your guiding element. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not yet seen. I love this verse because you and I, uh, as we open our Bible, we may not see things physically happening. Like God says in 4.4 of Galatians, things will happen in my time, in my fullness, right? But I can hope, I can hope in God that the outcome will be according to his will, right? Remember what happened in, in, in Hebrews 11. They embraced the promises. They confessed the promises, right? They had hope in the promises. And it says they were not delivered. I think it's in verse 23. But they had hope in God. They had hope in God. They had hope in God. So just to encourage our hearts today, and Cody's given me the, the end, 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 end game here. But this is a good thought. I want to keep going, actually. Memorize 1513 of Romans in your heart today. Let God fill you with joy. Peace in believing. Lord, the world, the leather's coming off the football, but guess what? You're in control. You, your will will be done. There will be a great revival. There will be souls uh, brought to the kingdom. There will be prodigals that come home. There will be new churches. There will be um, uh, the, the establishment of God's will and way. It will happen. Amen? Jesus' name, Father, flood us with hope. Bless our families. Bless our church. Bless the impossible requests that we're asking you. Fill us with hope. Help us to see the unseen. And uh, fill us uh, as we rejoice in hope and as we're patient in tribulation. In Christ's name, amen. Thanks, friends, for joining us for another episode of the Inner Revolution podcast. Please find us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube, and subscribe so that you don't miss an episode.